Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info, I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. And we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, we'll not talk specifically about EUMDR or IVDR. So I wanted to provide some kind of soft skill that uh, people uh, will, uh, will maybe learn from, uh, but to always related to quality and regulatory affairs. I mean, we'll try to make it related to quality and regulatory affairs, which is more about communication skills or where to communicate inside a company. Um, also during uh, within the quality and regulatory affairs. And for that, I have Leslie Worthington, who is uh, helping us uh, to understand that and maybe help us also to improve our skills and, and that. And maybe, as I said, I will also learn something that I can apply there. So Leslie, <laughs> welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you very much, Monir. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to give everybody a break from the, the regular quality, exactly. quality stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. This is a little, a little lighter, but I think a little more important even. It's, um, it's really so. important because I, and we <laughs> talked about that because as, as we discussed, there is a lot of things here that I'm sure that people will recognize or maybe see that, oh, it's really important, this part. Yeah. Um, but, but before that, yeah, let's maybe introduce yourself or who you are, yeah, exactly what absolutely. you are doing so that people know and where you are based also because people want to know so uh, where, where people are, are located there. Absolutely. I'm in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, so Toronto, Canada. I, uh, I've been here not my whole life, <laughs> almost okay. my whole life. So um, I worked for two decades as a quality assurance slash regulatory manager in a series of medical device companies in Canada. Um, about five years ago, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. Uh, I had done that while I was raising my kids. And then it's like, okay, now what do I want to do? They were leaving the house and I'm like, what do I want to do when I grow up? So I sort of stepped away from that. I had the luxury to be able to give myself a little bit of time and I, I went heavy into teaching. I just found opportunities to teach and I realized, oh yeah, I remember when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so it's like, I sort of came to this point finally in my life and I just had forgotten about it for 40 years. So, um, so I, I've been teaching uh, children online for the last few years. And then I thought I want to do more than this. And, but I wasn't sure what to do with it. And, and, then, and then I realized, you know what I can do? I know a lot about quality. <laughs> I know a lot about regulatory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out a way to help uh, people with English uh, in, this, in this particular niche. So that's what I do. I now am a communication coach for uh, quality assurance people usually non, non-native speakers, but I actually have some native speakers now because I also help with writing skills. But uh, so that's what I do. So I'm combining okay. my passions and my knowledge and I, and I love it. And, and it's great. And, and what I, as I've said, what I really liked with Lesley is the fact that she had also a career in quality and regulatory affairs, which also led to 
helping us to understand some some of the of the the things that maybe we can improve in our communication yeah. skill or whatever because i suppose you had also a lot of experience with issue on communication or people not talking the right thing or not the right way etc so which maybe yeah is uh, i mean as i said maybe a lot of people are also relating to that and uh, are experiencing that also um yeah. so um mainly what what is important and Um, the, to discuss here, as I said, the objective is really to to point out to some of the issues or some of the things that we can improve here. So, in your in your faculty mindset, so what what is important here? Why is it important to have some kind of good communication uh, skills in QARS, specifically in quality and regulatory affairs? Uh, because uh, I, I feel sometimes that our field is not. Um, Yeah, appreciated. <laughs> well appreciated by people. <laughs> That's the word. Yeah. Because maybe, maybe also the way we are talking, we talk about a lot of acronyms, a lot of things. So, why is it so good if I can say that QA area people are maybe talking, uh, having improving their communication skills here? Well, um, good question. And like, it's it's not even a matter of like non non native English speakers. It's not a language thing. It's literally a communication thing. Exactly. Even when I was working in a purely English-speaking companies for 20 years, communicate, communicating about this was tough, right? And I was speaking my native language, and they were in their language, native language. So it is tough. But it is, I think communication is probably the most important part of the role of a quality person because quality impacts every single part of the organization, right? The quality person has to be able to speak effectively with everyone from top to bottom and inside and outside the organization, right? Uh, everybody, auditors, inspectors, regulators, notified bodies, customers, vendors, distributors, and that's just outside the organization. And then inside the organization, directors, CEOs, owners, uh, warehouse staff, customer service, marketing people, right? Everybody, you have to be able to communicate with everybody. And often these are high stakes communications, right? A device license is at stake possibly, right? or an ISO certificate, who knows, right? Or it's a stressful conversation. Most of the conversations you have with your people that are below you are um, you're telling someone what to do. <laughs> you're telling someone to change something. You're telling someone to fix something. They made a mistake. You're telling someone bad news. You're saying there's a recall. You've got, you're not having pleasant conversations most of the time. Um, so when we're communicating from the top down, like to the, to the you know, CEO, You need to, your goal really is to get your upper management on side, right? You have to get them to understand quality and what it's all about so that they can embrace and lead with it. Because ultimately, that's what we want to be happening in our, in our companies. We want this culture of quality happening. Now, with the rest of the people, it's about helping them understand how their role fits into the bigger picture and how quality is integral to all of it. Like you sort of can think of, Think of a company as, as all these little bits. There's like the company goals, there's employees, there's shareholders, there's, there's uh, the product, right? There's the customer. So there's all these parts and everybody's an expert busy doing their thing in their special area, right? But quality is the thing that connects everything together. And somehow you have to get that message to everybody. Exactly. And, and And, and I think also it's, uh, it's what we are saying mainly is that quality is creating or defining the laws of your company, what you have to do, how you have to do that. 
And sometimes, yeah, it's important to understand this law or understand what, what people will be doing. So um, the way of communication is really uh, something that can be critical so that people understand and make it or they don't understand at all. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it like that. But I have no clue what you are talking and, about. And most people, yeah, most people are not going to admit they don't understand what you just said. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, especially if you're talking to CEO and you, and you throw around the, some acronyms, even Kappa, I bet you... A lot of CEOs don't know the difference between a correction, a corrective action, and a preventive action, right? I agree. And right? And so, but they, they're not going to tell you that. They're just going to nod and then whatever, right? So it comes down to the communication because we're not even giving all these people a fighting chance because we're not speaking in their language, right? We're not, and I'm not talking English as the language. I'm speaking, I'm talking about like we have to, to talk in management speak when we're talking to the manager, right? Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. So, 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 so it's interesting as uh, as you said. So, uh, talking to the at the level of the person is something that is important. I had an experience this morning. Specifically, uh, we have a surgeon that uh, we are helping for for placing a device on the market. So he invented something, and he said to me after maybe two or three meetings, he said, "You know, Munir, on the on the meetings you are talking about IFU, IFU, IFU. What's that IFU? I mean." Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm used to say IFU for instruction for you, so IFU, yes. <laughs> but for him it was like, but he, he waited three meetings to then at the end say, Munia, sometimes you are saying some acronyms, I have no clue. Yes, say, yes tell me what, what it is so I can help you. But he said, yeah, but at that time I thought maybe it was something that, yeah, but everybody knew knew. and only me yeah. doesn't know, etc. Because he yeah. said to me, yeah, I have my own language. I have, I'm a surgeon. I have my own language, but exactly. I'm not using that here. And you have your own language. Sometimes when you are using that, sometimes you think that I understand, but I don't understand what you're mentioning. So that's, the, that's the problem. And that is exactly what people have to start realizing. They have to um, know who they're talking to. And that's really like whether, whether we're talking about our writing or our speaking we have to know the audience, right? We have to. I mean, your surgeon knows like four, probably 400 different words for knife, right? <laughs> like there's this kind of knife and that kind of knife. But he wouldn't talk to you like that. He would just say, oh, this is a knife we use, right? Exactly. He would use a regular familiar word. So you have to know your audience well enough to know what words are familiar to them, right? Um, so that's really the trick. <laughs> and so... So you have to take the time to know the people that you're working with, right? So um, like when you're talking to the, the management, CEO, for instance, yeah. you have to understand what motivates the manager or the CEO. You have to understand what keeps him up at night. What is he worried about? What makes him jump for joy, right? Then you got to go for that. That's how you have to talk to them. And you have to make it whatever, whatever you're trying to achieve as a quality person, you have to not worry about what you're trying to say. You have to worry about what you need him to hear, right? So it's like, okay, you know, you need something to happen. You need money for, for training or something like that. So you don't go, oh, Mr. Boss, Mr. Boss, I need money for training. We need, you know, our, our quality systems are wreck. We need, nobody knows what they're doing. No, that's not going to work. You go, okay, what matters to this guy? Brand reputation, maybe. Exactly. Whatever it is, right? And you go, okay, all right. I got I to gotta show him that what I want is connected directly to what he, what he wants. He can get what he wants if he supports me over here. And so that's the kind of communication. And you have to have that conversation in words that he understands. Right? Exactly, exactly. The only people you should use quality words with are quality people. That's exactly. it. 
right? Notified bodies, okay, regulators, inspectors, okay, that's it. That's it. Everyone else, you have to, so, so you have to be a master of knowing a whole bunch of different languages. <laughs> like, really, you got to be able to talk to the people that have no education and are sitting in the, in the warehouse packaging stuff up. They need to know how to deal with their procedures and what to do if there's a mistake and blah, blah, blah. But you can't talk to them with the big old quality words or they'll be like, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also important that uh, what we are talking is that we are saying it, but also we are writing it. And sometimes we have also the procedures that we are using because we say you have to do it on that way, on that way, on that way. Mainly it's written on the procedure, step one, do this, step two, do that, etc. And sometimes the issue is when we are writing that, we are using those kind of vocabulary that we know and we think it's good, yeah. it's fancy also to have that. It will show that we are really professional, etc. But at the end, if you give that to a warehouse uh, a workers operator that has to lift this and that, and you tell him in, in words, because of ISO 13485, paragraph 6, uh, 5 of this, yeah. you have <laughs> to do this, that, that. He doesn't care. <laughs> For no. him, what exactly no. should I do? And then and, let's tell yeah. me exactly. And, and, this, and, and what we say also is that sometimes you are writing, but maybe sometimes it's better to put a graph Exactly. Maybe sometimes it's better to put a picture. Maybe it's so, a, so this is really important it. also. You got it. And once again, we're back to the audience and the purpose. The two main things, audience and purpose, audience and purpose. Why am I writing and who is it for? And so when you're writing pr procedures, I mean, this is a big job for quality people. They spend a lot of time on this. So it, like, it's important to figure out how to do this. And it's, it's a process. Any writing is a process. Even writing an email is a process. Yeah. It's a process. It's not just, you don't just write it. You don't just take a template and cut and paste and done. No, it's a process. And the first thing you got to do is prepare. You got to be thinking of the purpose, the audience, the, the scope, the context, and the requirements, right? And, and then you, you got to kind of just brain dump, like, okay, <laughs> what's all the stuff I have to consider? And then, and then, you know, when you're thinking about the, the audience, what does this person know? What does this person not know? What does this person need to know? What education level is this person? Does this person even speak English as their first language? Um, and then, so, so that's really what has to happen in the first, you have to think of these things, right? And then, um, then when you're, when you're thinking about, um, uh, Sorry, I lost my chain of thought. Can you stop? Yeah, for a go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, just so so yeah. So so when you're when you're doing your writing, you, you got to prepare. Then you got to organize. So after you got all your thoughts down and you know who my audience is, what my purpose is, then you got to organize it. And this is when you 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 started talking about you know should I do a graph? Should I do a chart? How should I do this? So when you're figuring out how to structure it and organize your procedure. This is when you're thinking about how is this going to be used? Like, where, where is it? Is it going to be up on the wall somewhere? Yeah. Or is it going to be looked at once a year? Like, like, what is it for? How is it going to be used? And so what's the easiest way to represent this information? So, again, I, I really don't think you should go for templates. Yes, I think all of your stuff within your organization just should have the same look and feel to it so that people can find things within the documents. But I think every procedure that you write, you have to come at it fresh, right? Because the other thing too, is when you're, when you're preparing and you're, and, you're, and you're figuring out the purpose and all this, you have to talk to the person who does the job, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> you have to talk to the person who does the job. You can't just randomly write this procedure based on maybe how it's been done for the last 30 years or how it's and, done and, somewhere and else. I have, I have some examples like that where uh, a quality person writes a procedure for someone that is on the field doing the job. And uh, at the end, the quality person says, I think this person should do this, should do that, should write this, should do that. It's what they think because it's better. If they do that, it's better. So if I write it on the procedure, they will do it. And, but it's not working like that at all. No, so, um, you have to be... It's, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really a, the, the worst thing that you can do because they will not do it because they were not used to do that and they maybe are not able to do it. And worst, during an audit... They will identify that the procedure says that and the person mm -hmm. is not doing that, then you have a non-conformance here. Yeah, so this is I really mean, the worst thing that can happen to you. The purpose of the, of the procedure is to make sure that something is done right and something is done the same way by every single person every single exactly. time, right? So there should be no decision-making at all in the procedure. Like that's done in the writing stage. Like before the procedure is finished, yeah. it, it's like, and so you got to be very, very careful about your word choice, right? No shells. What does shall mean? I don't even know what shall means, right? <laughs> it's like musts and no shoulds. Shoulds and shalls, get rid of them. It doesn't matter what the regulations say either because the regulations are full of shalls. It's like, well, they're, they're not well written. So don't worry, like don't copy the regulations if the regulations aren't clear. No, it's clear. Make sure you're clear by you, be very accurate about the words you pick. And that accuracy part and, and choosing the right words comes in in, in, the, in the revision part. So you've already figured out, you've prepared, you've talked to the, the process owner, you've known what you're going to write, you know how you want to set it up, you write the thing, then it's time to revise. Then you look carefully, what words have I chosen? Are these the right words? Is it clear? If, I, if a stranger came in off the street and I gave them this, would they be able to do the task? Exactly. Like that's, what, right? that's it. That's what it's supposed to be. If everybody it's suddenly walked out the door and got hit by a train, can the two people that are left run the company? Exactly. And it's, it's, it's exactly what I'm using when somebody comes to me with some procedure. I say, you know, if I have to do it, if you give it to, give it to me, will I be able to do it without your support? And sometimes exactly. when I read that and I try, I say, no, I'm, I, you didn't mention here what I should do. I arrived to this step. Now what? Oh, it's obvious. Yeah. You have to do that and that. No, it's obvious for you because you know about that since 10 you years know. you are doing that. Yeah. But me, I have no clue if I have to do it. As you said, you are yeah. hit by a bus or whatever. So then what should we do? And then we are yeah. both. And this is mainly the problem that is happening. Yeah. And so a lot of times, like all the quality comes down. Like I know that whoever's listening to this is going, oh yeah, that's obvious. Like it's all common sense, but we forget about it because we're so stuck in the details. We're dotting our I's, we're crossing our T's, we're learning all the regulations, we're learning the standard, we're worried about the audit. And we forget we're dealing with humans, we're dealing with a company, we're trying to sell products that work and that are safe. That's it. That's exactly. all we're trying to do. Right. Exactly. And so it's like, just settle down. Stop being smart. It's not about being smart. Even when you're talking to your CEO, hopefully you got the job because you're smart and you yeah. know your quality stuff. Right. You don't have to prove it anymore. All you have to prove to the boss is that you know how to talk. You know, you need to prove to the boss that you know what motivates him or her. And that and then you have to figure out how do you talk about quality in a way that he, he or she gets it. And gets exactly. like, oh yeah, all right. I can get what I want if I support the quality system. No, I think it's, um, it's great. I think it it's, it's exactly that. And and uh, and yeah, I, I'm trying to do that. For example, when I'm creating my blog post or my things, to write it in a certain way that is understand understandable by anybody. Uh, that is really 
easy language, if I can say. And, yeah. and, and, this is, and this is really something that I'm trying to do because I know that the one that will be reading that are maybe the people that are just starting their business, exactly. have no clue about quality, exactly. have no clue about regulatory. So let's try to explain them in an easy way instead of making yeah. myself, oh, I am professional, I know everything, yeah. Yeah, hire me for this. So this is really appreciated sometimes. And I think people have to arrive at, as you said, this stage. Exactly. Yeah, and and the, the real the realization is the thing is most people in this area have lots of education. Yeah. So they're used to they're used to, you know, being around smart people and you know working on PhD theses and things like this and speaking and writing in an academic way. But this is this isn't academia, this is business. And it requires a complete change of, of approach, really. And it's not about showing showing how much you know, it's about getting things done. Exactly. That's all it's about. And then it, you mentioned a couple of times, and like your writing is is really clear. Like you are writing for an audience that, like any audience. And the real, the real, um, to me, the real test of of if you're an expert is can you explain something complex in a simple way? Exactly. Right? And and it's not even about simplicity. It's about familiarity. So it doesn't mean choose the simplest, easiest word. It means choosing words that you know are familiar, right? So, you know, it might be a long word that's familiar. Most people know what the word communication is, but that's a pretty long word. But uh, do, do, do people know what the word ilk means? Okay. It's a three-letter okay. word. I don't even think I'm sure I can define it properly, right? So it's not about simple or short. It's about familiar to the audience. And so it all comes back to knowing your audience. Your audience is people who might be new to this role or new to this industry, And so you're like, okay, I'm going to help them along. I'm going to help you. You know, I was, you can't talk below them. You can't talk to people like they're idiots, but you also, you know, can't talk above them in, or not even above. Like it's almost like in another language, exactly. just talk to, talk to them in a way that you, that you know, that they are familiar with. No, it's great. I think it's great. Uh, I have another case where I'm, I'm always um, struggling, if I can say, when we are trying to work on the quality and regulatory fields, um, is about um, recording some events. So we have, for example, and it's always the case when we arrive to make an audit uh, with a notified body or we think so, uh, they are asking us to show them our CAPAs, like we talked about CAPAs before, mm -hmm. so corrective action, preventive action, our non-conformances, our complaints. And they ask us, describe me what is the what happened, what have you done, what is your investigation? I mean, tell me the, the story if I can say of that. Yeah. And we have always issues because we don't have all the information that are needed inside that. So mm -hmm. they say, yes, we received that uh, that day. But if I go... After one year, maybe I have my audit. I have to explain. Yes, it's, a, it's just mentioned we received it. But who's, who received that? What was done? What yeah. was their thing? So this is something that is also important, if I can say, to have a story that people yeah. can recognize. And as you've said, for a procedure, you have to understand exactly what are the steps that you have to yeah. do. Here it's to say what, what, what happened exactly so that we can explain it and explain exactly what we have done. And that yeah. what we have done is really at the level of what happened. It's not like we are yeah. making more or less. No, yeah. And, and so, so documenting things right, right away is, is critical, right? Um, because you keep it fresh. Because like human nature is like when something big happens, we think we'll never forget it, right? Yeah. But then a week later, we're like, wait, wait, what, what, what happened again? Right? So it's really important that while it's fresh to capture it, right? And so this sort of, even though, you know, science people think the word storytelling is a little bit like, how is this related to, to what I do? But it's the elements of storytelling that will help, uh, help you recall 
what it is that happened when you, whatever you're recording surround it in context uh, you know, give, give all the details of exactly what happened because the story is basically, you know, a, it, it's about like a character, a goal, <laughs> a, a conflict and a resolution. And so you've got those things right there. You've got all the information, you know, the, the character is like, was it a product? Was yep. it a, a customer that was a, a product? Like be really clear about what that is. And then the, the conflict is obviously what happened, what went wrong. Right. And the resolution is what you did. So you've got all this, the elements for a story. And then the real thing to, to sort of help you remember is to now weave some emotion into it. And so you kind of got to like and back everything up with facts. Right. So that when you go back to look at these notes, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. And you can, can you can tell the auditor you know, as soon as you. As soon as your auditor feels like you've got everything under control, I mean, the whole rest of your audit is good too, right? <laughs> because exactly. the minute you look like it's so the, the way you approach your first few questions in your audit <laughs> determine the whole next couple of days. Because if you look like you're like, oh God, oh God, it, it, then the, the auditor will start looking deeply. But so, so when you're doing, when you're recording things and when you're telling other, other staff or the auditor even, wrap it up in emotion. And so the emotion is, the way to get the emotion is you got you got to kind of know that goes back to the audience, right? So uh, if if this is a, a kappa, for example, that involves maybe uh, you got to get some maybe the the end result, the decision is we got to get some funding for training. I keep going yeah. back to that because it's a big thing. Yeah. So you know you had this problem, you've gone through all the 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 uh, <laughs> the analysis, and you've gone through the root cause thing. You're like, we need money. We need yeah. money. I'm going to go have to talk, talk to the boss now. And so you're like, oh God. And so you got to tell this story. You got to tell the story in a way that the boss, the, like your goal is to get the money from the boss. Yeah. That's your goal now. Right. But really the goal is for the boss to see that giving that money helps the bull get the boss, get his goals. And right. The, so uh, the story. Uh, so, exactly. So and, and, that, and, and the fact is that there, there is no, there is no more, uh, issue like that that will happen that we are training people on the way that we are avoiding that which maybe cost also some millions so we have as you mentioned in terms of the language is the fact maybe you will pay us a one thousand or two thousand uh dollar uh for this course but we can save one hundred thousand yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly this is kind of so the it, language that we are talking it, about exactly it's all, the boss responds to money and the, and the boss responds to what he's going to tell shareholders that's 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 basically it right so it's like okay whatever problem you have you want to address the boss in that way, but in his language to get what you need in terms of quality support. And so it's, it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy, but it's, it, this is what you have to start thinking about. You don't just barrel in and say, we need money. We need money and talk about quality and this and that. Like, no, show the, show the boss that you're the expert and you know all about his business goals. You know all about the vision for the company, all that stuff. Like show that you know that. So um, in terms of, uh, of, uh, of attitude, if I can say, I am maybe, I don't know, but I, I'm thinking myself as an introvert person and some others say, no, you are extrovert because you are showing up <laughs> on, yeah. on front of camera. Other things, oh, I am more an analytics. Others say, no, you are more like a driver, etc. You know, those things that uh, we, are, we are analyzing. So at certain points, we have also some people that are thinking differently because they want to provide them too much detail and the boss wants just the headlines, don't need to provide me details, just the headlines that I see if there is something important. So 
how can maybe people improve their, themselves when they are trying to communicate with other people? So I know there is some techniques, but is there some way that, for example, I maybe know what is the kind of, in which box I have to put this person so it's in that way I have to talk to them or which, in which box uh, I am already so it's why I'm talking like that. So is yeah. there something that, that can be done on that way? Well, you know what this is all about? Again, <laughs> I sound like a broken record here. It's all about the audience. I mean, there's, there's so much... There's so much psychology involved in communication. Yeah. It's not the words. The words are the smallest part of it. It's about knowing who you're talking to and knowing what motivates them and knowing the type of person you are. Like I also am, believe it or not, I consider myself an introvert. Yeah, like, I, really, I do. Uh, but nobody believes it who, who sees me like this. But it's like, no, I am. I'm talking to you. I'm, I feel like I'm talking to one person. No problem. But like I'm an introvert. Anyway, so you, so you, got, you got to know. And, and if you're dealing with somebody uh, who's an introvert. Yeah. You might have to, to, to change how you, how you react to them and how you respond to them and how you push them. And some people don't want to be pushed. Some people need to be pushed. Like you really have to know your people, all your people. And as the quality person, take the time, you know, to, and as well, as awkward as it is, force yourself to have small talk with people, go to the coffee room, find out, Oh, oh, they have kids. Oh, they, you know, like find out about people and what makes them tick because this has so many good things that can happen from this. A, you know the person better, but B, you're going to, they're going to realize you're just a person. You're not exactly. the police because exactly. right now they think you're the police, right? So it's like, then, then the lines of communication are open. Then they slip up or they notice something and they'll be like, well, I saw this thing the other day. I just thought I'd talk to you. All of a sudden, that changes everything. Now everybody's empowered to play a real role in quality, and it's a team. And once it feels like a team, then you're unstoppable, and it changes everything. It, it kind of does have to come from above, though. But I feel like your role as a quality person is to get that message to the guy at the top or the woman at the top. Exactly. That's your most important thing. And then keep the lines of communication and support all the other people. No, it's, uh, I think it it's, it's language. Yeah. yeah, I think it's exactly that. And, and thank you for, for reminding that to, to everyone. Um, so uh, let's, let's, so in terms of uh, your activities, as you've said, we talked a lot about here about communication skill, et cetera. So what, uh, what kind of, as you said, you are training some adults also in quite in regulatory affairs. So what are you proposing as a training? What are you other things that services maybe that you are providing that people well, maybe can contact you for that? Yeah, uh, you can, anyone can contact me through LinkedIn. I'm a bit, <laughs> I have a website that's under construction, but okay. uh, I will have a website. Um, yeah, so, so I, I mainly, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching right now still. Okay. Um, and I'm planning on doing group coaching uh, at some point. I just haven't got to that point yet because I also do a lot of editing. I have lots of different things that I'm doing. So I do one-on-one -on -one communication coaching for uh, quality quality people, not necessarily in medical devices, also pharma and biotech. Okay. Um, and this is communication skills coaching. And most of my clients are non-native English speakers. Okay? okay. So it's just helping them get through the, the types of things that they would have to navigate in the course of their day, their, their work. Right. So meetings, maybe meetings, maybe conference calls, maybe whatever it is, audits, writing. Um, I also help native and non-native speakers with uh, writing skills. I have a real focus on plain language which is exactly how you, you're already in the, going in that direction with the way you personally write. It's like writing for the people, exactly. right? writing in a way that can be understood. Um, and because a lot of, think how much time we spend on emails, right? 
<laughs> like if we could just write everything, right? So, so anyway, writing is a big thing. I love writing and I love helping people with writing. So I help people with writing. That's the other thing I do. And that, and that right now, that's really the main things I do. I'm just a, mainly a one-on-one coach for writing and communication skills. Oh, I think it's, it's great. Yeah, and so, so if you are listening to that and what, what you listen, maybe you think that you have a problem with that, with your communication skills or whatever, and you need to improve and you need maybe to find some solutions to some of the problems that you have. So don't hesitate to contact Leslie. Anyway, uh, I think Leslie, so I will put uh, all the, your details, so LinkedIn, et cetera, on the, on the show notes. Uh, so that people can can communicate directly with you. Um, so I think for me, really, it's worth it to uh, have that because in our careers, it's really important to be seen as someone that people can come to talk to and to that gets yeah. gets also this uh, this uh, this feeling that you can help to maybe um, get to this quality field or regulatory field. So at the end, getting coached also for that and learning for that is really, I think, something important. So don't hesitate to uh, contact Leslie. And uh, as you've seen, yeah, we we talked a lot of, about quality and regulatory affairs. So Leslie really has a good knowledge of it. So I think it's really important. Okay, so um, really thank you, uh, Leslie, for uh, being on this uh, on this episode. I, I'm sure this will be helping a lot of people. And uh, don't hesitate uh, for people that are listening to this episode if you are on the YouTube channel or on the podcast to uh, put uh, some comments also. Also to share episodes also with the people that maybe you think can be can can get help from, from this. Uh, it's all, always interesting that uh, you can say, yeah, I, I think this person may be needing that. So here is the episode and send that to them. So it will be, I think, interesting. Okay, so thank you everyone for, for being there. And thank you, Leslie. And uh, I hope, yeah, the, there will be people contacting you <laughs> and uh, getting help from you directly. So I wish you a really a nice day. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 